Right, okay. So, uh, today's message, let's come on to that. Scattered Servants is the series that we've been doing this term. This is the last one of those, so I'm kind of rounding off the series for us. And I was just remembering how God really led us to this. I don't have any doubt about that at all. There was that combination of being drawn to Philippians, uh, together then with the discovering of the Scattered Servants book that fitted in, dovetailed so well with that. And uh, I know God's been speaking to us through the term. The important thing is, do you remember this verse? The important thing is that in every way Christ is preached. And that verse, that words in every way draw us all into whoever we are and in whatever way we are able to communicate care, love, compassion and, and the truth of the gospel to people around us. To live is Christ and to die is gain, Paul said. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. You shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. I press on, Paul says, to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. And today we want to be those who press on. And I trust and believe that God has some encouraging things to say to us. He's been telling us to broadcast the seed. He has been, we know that we've been given his spirit. We don't need to wait that when we stop, when we step out, he steps in. When we step out, he steps in. A few reminders there of some of the things that God's been speaking to us about through the term. We've certainly seen in, in our road wonderful opportunities, many more than normal, to talk to people, to connect, whether it be sharing with food or through an Olio app or commu- delivering that, talking to people in the street, lots of more opportunities to build community. And God's going to provide us with those over the Christmas season. Let's, let's look out for those that he gives to us. Well, how about today? Well, today um, I've called this talk, We've Got Attitude. And uh, we're going to read in a moment from Philippians chapter 4. And I believe that God wants to really encourage every one of us today that this season that we're living through and will be continuing to do so for a number of months yet, particularly through the winter, is one that he really wants to help us to thrive in internally. He doesn't want us just to have a sort of a survival mentality that we'll get through this somehow. No, actually, he wants us to thrive. And uh, I think this passage has some really helpful things to tell us about that. Let's start reading from Philippians chapter 4. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing. That's that's striking, isn't it, that he says that? Or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Think about this next line in conjunction with the situation that we're currently in. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. 
Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me, sent me help more than once. And then verse 19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. And then his closing words. These are important not to skate over. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings, as do all the rest of God's people, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Wow, this is quite a passage. Did you notice at the beginning of that reading that Paul starts by saying that he is praising God for the support that the Philippians have given them? Because what he is, his understanding is that God has prompted them to give, and that's why he's praising God for them. And so we can immediately apply that to ourselves in terms of being prompted by God, allowing ourselves to be prompted by God in whatever ways he's wanting us to give to others. Let's look at three attitudes here this morning as we come into the, the heart of this text. The first is from verse 11. It's contented. An attitude of contentment, of being contented, Paul says, with plenty or little. And let me just read to you some of the other phrases that, that he says in that passage. He says he's learned to be content with whatever I have, almost nothing or everything, a full stomach or empty. That's pretty difficult to be content with an empty stomach. Just think about what he's actually saying there. I can kind of read a passage like that and kind of forget what this really means. He's saying he's known times of being hungry, of not having food, but he still learned the secret of being content. This is challenging. I wonder how content or not you are with life circumstances, with your situation even right now. Or with your salary, because Paul is here talking quite a lot about financial provision and being content with plenty or little. Although, of course, we can apply the principle to wider life circumstances as well. Probably a bit of a test for us would be how we react when we don't have or get what we want. And I realized when I was thinking about this that I had a fail on this one almost exactly a year ago. You'll see why. Christmas Day 2019, in our family we have the practice of swapping lists, you know, we, these days it's text and stuff, uh, what, what would you like for Christmas, Dad, what would you like for Christmas, blah, blah, blah. So I so dutifully filled out my text and out it went to, to, the, to everybody around. And Christmas Day comes, the presents arrive, they're all wrapped, you start opening them, and uh, first one, no, not, not something from my list, next one, no, wasn't on my list, next one, no, 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 no. In fact, all the presents, not a single one was anything I asked for or wanted. All of them were other things that other people thought I wanted, when sometimes they were a little bit more right than others. And I thought, oh, stink. <laughs> so I was pretty discontented. And I had to check myself, think, hang on, <laughs> maybe we can be grateful for what we have received rather than focusing on what we haven't. And I just wonder, for all of us, 
especially in our Western society where we are basically very well provided for, on the whole, appreciate not everybody all the time, but on the whole we are, we don't lack the basic needs of life, and yet we can start to feel discontent. Some of you might be in real need. I do really hope, if that is the case, that you have been happy to, willing to get in touch with us as a church, because as a family, we're here to support each other in those situations. Please don't forget that. But somehow the Apostle Paul was able to say, I've learned the secret of how to be content, even, in his case, with an empty stomach, in times of little. He's learned to be content. He's learned to be content when, remember, he's writing chained by his wrist to a, special, a, a member of the Roman guard. He's not in a good situation. And yet he says, I've learned to be content. There's a real challenge. Now, what that also means to us is that God's grace is available to us to find that same contentment. And Paul's writing to the Philippians to encourage them in that attitude. So this attitude of contentment is a challenging one, but it's one that God wants to give us grace to live in. And I'm sure that is something that we all want. How does he do that? What is his secret? Well, the next verse tells us the clue. He says, I can do everything through Christ. He goes to Christ. His relationship with Jesus Christ is the source of his contentment. That is how he is able to be content in the most severe trial that he is suffering. The most severe trial. I think it's quite extraordinary. Maybe we need to be saying, Jesus, will you change me? Should we just pause and pray for a second? Just be allowing God to speak to you. Maybe saying to him, God, what are you, what are you saying to me today? Maybe like me, as I was preparing, I was saying, Jesus, I need your help. Please help me. Father, give us grace to be honest with ourselves and with you and to connect to you afresh as the source of life so that we can do everything through you as your life flows in and through us. That's our prayer today. One of the people who is an amazing modern-day example of this can-do attitude is Andrew White. And there's a photograph coming up on your screen now. Andrew, we came here and, and preached a few years ago. You may have been here. And he had been the vicar of Baghdad for seven years. During that time, he had lost many members of his congregation had been killed in the persecution. He suffers severely with multiple sclerosis. And let me read to you something that he wrote. I think of days when all this all has seemed utterly bleak and I've gone in my mind to the empty tomb of Christ and just stood there. That empty tomb has been my inspiration. So we take heart. He discovered the reality of being able to do everything through Christ. And that same reality is available to us, to you and to me, as we walk with him.
The victory is yours. You're riding on the storm. It's a song that we sometimes sing. Your name is unfailing. Through ki- though kingdoms rise and fall, your throne withstands it all. Your name is unshaken. That could have been written for Andrew White. Next, I'm going to show you a photograph, two photographs, of somebody called Terry Waite, who some of you will remember, if you're as old as me. Terry Waite was the Archbishop of Canterbury's special envoy to the Middle East. And he went to seek to negotiate the release of hostages in Lebanon. And he, as a result of that, he was captured and imprisoned for five years. And during the first year of that, that time, he says he was tortured. And on the left, you have a photograph of him before he went to Lebanon, maybe on his way. And then on the right, on the day that he came back to the UK. Five years in solitary confinement, with no light, with no books, with himself chained to a wall for five years. And this remarkable Christian man says this. During these five years, he was fed each day, amongst other things, on bread and water. And each day, he took up the habit of keeping some aside from his portion. And using that bread and that water as a time of communion, thinking of it as bread and wine, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. And he fed on his presence through that bread and wine. And that sustained him. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And as you face this next season of life, this winter season, you can do everything through Christ who strengthens you. His call to us today is to be those who continually, consistently, and intentionally connect with him in whatever ways are the ones that work best for you. It might be that like Terry Waite, you take a little bread and a little something that is wine or represents it each day and remember you feed on the presence of Jesus in those elements. It may be that you put on some worship music and in your, in your, in your song, in your house or in your car, you sing and worship Jesus. It may be that you spend simple, quiet times sitting with him, chatting to him as your heavenly father in whatever ways works for you. Let's be those who connect with him and draw on his strength so that you can do everything through Christ who strengthens you. Now, specifically, the Apostle Paul was referring to being able to live on nothing or with an empty stomach and still know and have contentment. That's what he's referring to in the passage specifically that he's learnt the secret of being able to be content when he's got nothing. 
So let's just go back to that for our third point. The third point is this. If our first attitude is to be one of contentment and the second attitude is to be one of a can-do through Christ, the third attitude is one of confidence. Being confident, actually, and carefree that comes with that as we come towards a close. The Philippians it, are confident people. Now, they must be. How, do I, how can I say that? How do I know that? Well, not only have Paul says in this passage, generously supplied him with what he needs. Uh, he's, they've helped them, he says, at least twice before. And when he was writing to the church in Corinth, he spoke about the church in Macedonia and Philippi. And he said this, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. They gave as much they were able and even beyond their ability. They must have been confident to give away out of the very little that they had confident that God would provide for their needs. And we too can be confident. And Jesus said to the disciples, don't worry about your food or about your clothing. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't worry. That was his instruction and his promise. Now, the alternative to confidence is anxiety. And that's why I've said there, God wants us to, to have a, an attitude of confidence and being carefree. Here's a photograph of Prince George. Now, with his dad, Prince William. Now, I wonder if either of them ever worries about where the next meal's coming from or whether they're going to have a roof over their heads tonight or next week or next year. Well, I doubt it. Because George knows who his father is. William knows who his father is. They're royalty. And you've probably got the point already. So are we. We, as children of the King of Kings, can be confident and carefree because he provides. And Paul says in this passage, God will meet all your needs. I'm confident of this very thing. Let's pause and pray for a second. Jesus, thank you that you provide everything we need. You promise that you will. Your word tells us that you will. You even told us not to worry, that if we put you first, then everything we need will be provided. And we put our trust in you again today. We trust you, Heavenly Father. We trust you, King Jesus. We trust you, Holy Spirit, that you will provide everything that we need. Let's just finish with Paul's closing words. Glory is his goal. You know, he says, 
To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Verse 20. That's our priority. That God be glorified. Secondly, to close, relationships matter. Paul says, greet all the saints. All the saints send you greetings. He said earlier in chapter 1, I have you in my heart. I can say that to you too. We belong to Christ, he says. Greet all who belong to Christ. Do you know, if you're a believer this morning, you belong to Jesus. You're his. You're secure in that place. And then the fourth thing I want to notice from these closing comments is this. Everyone can belong. You see, this same Apostle Paul who encourages churches to remember the poor elsewhere, that's recorded for us in the New Testament. His priority was the poor. And he also says, in this little passage we've just read, he refers to Caesar's household sending their greetings, especially them. Now, Caesar's household, you think about it, at that time was the highest echelons of society. So we've got the apostle here who, on the one hand, is saying, remember the poor. On the other hand, is saying, Caesar's household, the people at the very top of the pile, send you their greetings. There are believers right across the entire spectrum of community. Everyone can belong. And whoever you are this morning, whether you would place yourself or God has placed you or you find yourself at one end of the spectrum of society or the other, or somewhere in between, much more likely, God's word to you today is, You can belong. Everyone can belong. And if as a result, perhaps even of being with us on this broadcast that you're watching right now, or other connections that you've had with us as a community of God's people here in Bishop Stortford, if you would like to know more about how you can belong to God and to his people, then I've put my email address on the bottom of the screen there. If you email me, I can promise you I will give you a personal reply and just help you in any way I can to connect with God and, if you want to, with us as well. Let's pray together as we finish. Father, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus. We thank you that you care deeply about us, that you want us not just to somehow get through the next season, but you want us to thrive in it. And that we thank you that we can do everything through Jesus Christ, through connection with him, through his life in us, through your life in us. So Lord, I pray now, would you pour out your Holy Spirit onto everyone watching and listening again. Give us the grace and strength that we need to connect with you and to receive your strength again. That we can be content in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, in life, whether we have a lot or whether we have a little, we can have that inner contentment because we know you. And just like Terry Waite who fed on the bread and the water, or Andrew White who focused on the risen empty the risen Christ and the empty tomb and the victory that you have, it's yours. We worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.